Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, brought to you by MMOBomb.com, your home for all things multiplayer related. I'm your host, as always, Mike Fern, aka Magic Man, and this is episode 450, halfway to that 500 mark. We're doing the show live, of course, Friday, twitch.tv slash MMOBomb, 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got chat hanging out. We're ready to go. We've got some fun news. We've got some games coming up that we're going to take a peek at, and then we're going to return to real or fake, except we're going to do it a little differently today. It won't be headlines. We'll be talking about something else, and our hosts will have to determine what's real and what is not. Joining me to go over all of it, Ms. Quintlin Bowers. What's up, Q? I'm not a lot. It's been a pretty chill week. It has been a pretty chill week. I mean, I've been stupid busy at like my day job, but game-wise, it's been pretty chill. You're right. You're right. You're right. Also joining us for the first time ever, Mr. Paul Berlin, a.k.a. Flynn. You're going to hear me call him Flynn the entire episode because that's what that's what we call him. What's up, Flynn? Uh, Alright, so I'm to be on. Uh, excited to talk about all these games. Lovely games, lovely games. Yeah. Flynn lives, chat says. Yes, Flynn lives. <laughs> Pity that's not a reference. <laughs> my name. Uh, actually, before we get started with news, though, Flynn, there is something I did not put in the show notes for you, but everybody in chat and our longtime viewers will certainly know it is tradition here. When we have a new host on for the very first time, we ask two questions, and it's always spur of the moment, so you don't get any time to think about it. But the game that got you into gaming in general, doesn't have to be MMO specifically or multiplayer, but the game that got you into gaming all the way back at the beginning, what was it? Ooh, no, that's going back. Uh, I think, honestly, Lawnmower Man on the Super Nintendo. Lawnmower Man? Yeah, I just remember that blowing me away. Uh, a game I've never finished because it just got way too difficult. But yeah, I uh, I will say that back. nobody has ever given that answer before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't anyone would. <laughs> nobody has ever given that answer before. We've heard Mario's, we've heard Zelda's, <laughs> we've never heard. Yeah, Lawn it would have been Man. easy to do Mario, but yeah, Lawnmower Man is one. I just I remember spending most time and the most frustration. Like, had you seen the movie and been like, oh, there's a game, I want to play that? Or was it just like a, a random rental yeah, we'll pickup at a busy store? Uh, like, So uh, my Super Nintendo, uh, my parents bought at a car boot sale. Came with a bunch of games, Super Mario and other stuff, and played Lomo Man, just, you know. Oh, cool, I shoot things. It looks sort of realistic for all the time. And then it got those VR spaces where it's pseudo 3D, and it, yeah. Wow. Stuck right. with me all these years. Go ahead, Q. I think I've told you this, Mike. I think I've told you this before, but Lawnmower Man, yeah. right, is based on a Stephen King story. Yeah. The movie was nothing like the Stephen King story. There was no VR. There was no nothing of that. It was a short story, like, I don't know, probably like 10, 20 pages max. And all it was was a dude was staying home while his wife and his kid went to visit family or whatever, he decided he was too freaking lazy to mow the lawn. He called somebody else to come do it. The guy who comes to mow the lawn strips down naked before turning the lawnmower on and gets behind the lawnmower crawling around on his hands and feet eating anything the lawnmower runs over. So it's like out there running over like 
you know, moles and shit. <laughs> and the guy is like, what the fuck is this? Goes out there to see what, to figure out what the hell is going on and ends up getting destroyed by the lawnmower. So the two things that the movie had in common with the book is that there, there was a guy mowing the lawn and that at the end, there was a body in a water fountain. That's it. That's the entire thing right there. That's uh -huh. all. <laughs> well, you could probably have a third thing of they both very much feel like they've come off a cocaine trip. <laughs> well, it. I mean, this is this is the mind of Stephen King. That but this is. Other, other thing, like, I, I think, you know, King's delved into it, but no, Lawnmower Man had nothing to do with VR, and there was nothing, you know, with a person with Down syndrome or any of that. Like, Raging alcoholics says, well, now we don't need to read the book now, Q. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like you guys were gonna go back and find the one book that had that short story in it. And I read probably it. would. <laughs> Americans in Americans so. in chat, Flynn saying, "Hey, it's not a car boot sale; it's a swap meet." Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the second question, though, the <laughs> game that got you into MMORPGs, which one was uh, it? Last week, Final Fantasy fourteen. Really? Uh, I like yeah, it. So I it's had... a newer thing for you. Yeah, I dabbled in. Uh, various ones like Elder Scrolls, Star Wars, RuneScape. Just nothing could capture my attention. But with 14 being story-focused and being just a huge Final Fantasy fan, it's like, yeah, I could live in this game. Considering I started with 1.0 as well and fell in love with that in a weird way. Yeah, I'm amazed you <laughs> came back. Like, <laughs> the first MMO you MMORPG you sink any time into is 1.0 and you still play MMOs. That's... That's impressive in and of itself. I uh, got hooked on fishing in 1.0. That was it. I didn't care about the rest of the game. Oh, Never yeah, saw yeah, yeah. the story past like level 20. Yeah. <laughs> but I just spent all my time in the midst of the midst of fishing because it was relaxing after college. <laughs> Why not? On that note, welcome Flynn. Let's get started with the news. We're going to kick it off today with news that just makes you laugh. It just makes you laugh. Maybe you're looking forward to some of these things. Maybe you're saddened by some of the news, but you just, in the grand scheme, you've got to sit back and laugh. Like Ubisoft delaying Skull and Bones for a fifth time, this time back to March of 2023. Now, if you don't remember, this one was a little over a month away. It was like November 8th. Obviously, November 9th, a pretty big day for video gamers as well, with God of War Ragnarok coming out. So I don't think you could really blame them for wanting to get an unknown IP that has had a rocky past and, and everything this game has gone through away from Ragnarok. But I feel like you should have done this a little while ago. It will still manage to make Ubisoft's fiscal year, for whatever that's worth, I still continue to reiterate, this is one, please wait for reviews. Ubisoft is trying to push out the $70 price point on this one for the first time. Wait for reviews. Their official announcement, however, would, would make you think things are totally fine. Today, we'd like to give you an update regarding our release date. Although Skull and Bones' development is finished at this stage... The invaluable feedback received during our various technical tests and insider program convinced us we could use a bit of extra time to polish and balance the experience even further 
and ensure you all get the best experience we can offer. We've therefore decided to push our initial launch date to 9 March 2023. You will be organizing, uh, we will be organizing more insider program sessions to continue gathering feedback. And in case you haven't had a chance to participate yet, you can also look forward to our open beta in the near future. Thank you for your support and stay tuned for more information. I want to say surprised, but not really, Q. I mean, so when they're doing all this testing and stuff anyway, I think at this point with most games, like if they're still in a testing phase and they announce their launch date while they're doing it, just assume they're probably going to delay. Like, because there is going to be player feedback and I'm sure there is going to be something in every game. it, It doesn't matter what that players don't like. I feel like Skull and Bones is frustrating to people because of the way in which they are endeavoring to get it out there. And that we all know that it's like part of the reason they want to push it out there and get it out there and get the $70 price tag and all of that on it has more to do with the well, we made a deal with the government and we have to put this out, yeah. you know, so it, it has to be made no matter what. It, and there's there is not an opportunity for them to look at it and go, you know what, this isn't working or anything like that. Like at the end of the day, at some point, this game has to come out. So they put dates on it. Oh, it's coming out here. It's coming out here. It's coming out here. And they're they're ahead of themselves trying to rush it out because they made a deal they should not have made. Absolutely. Absolutely. Flynn, it's been nothing but trouble so far, years and years. Surprised by the delay at all? Uh, For some reason, I've got a bit of you going robotic on me then, Mike. That's him. Yeah, it's all him. Surprised by the delay at all? Uh, I'm not surprised at all by the delay. This game at this point feels very much like Duke Nukem Forever. Apparently just we just lost connection to Twitch too, so yeah, that's, that's fun stuff. We're still fine for the recording. Just keep going yeah. there; it'll reconnect in a second. Go ahead. But yeah, it's like it's too you can forever. It's just will it won't it come out? Development hell. But I remember seeing it when it was first announced. You know, being the spinoff of Black Flag. I was like, yeah, I'm really down. I love that combat system, but over time now, it's just I've lost all steam to want to even test the game out. It looks pretty and everything, but, you know, Sea of Thieves has already come in and hit that marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And and Sea of Thieves, to be fair, had a very rocky start too, right? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't in the best shape kicking things off, but has rebounded a lot later, a lot later. I, I, I just, I don't have any hope for this. Like, I know, I, I wanted Sea of Thieves to be very good, and it disappointed me so much that I, even though I know now it's it's better, and players like it, and there's a lot of good stuff in there, I've just never worked my way back to it. I don't even really want to personally give Skull and Bones a chance. I'm just, like, not interested, you know. I hope it succeeds. Like, I don't want teams that work on things like this to to have things that just come out and blatantly flop and fail. But I have absolutely zero confidence, Q, that this could redeem itself without it potentially being one of those, like, cyberpunk things, right? Where, like, a year later, a year and a half later, it's much more broadly accepted than it was at launch. Yeah, um... It's... Like I said, 
I think uh, the the same issues kind of plagued uh, CD Projekt Red, although shouldn't have because they're typically doing their own thing and they were doing they weren't making any extra special deals with governments to have buildings somewhere else or something for right. Cyberpunk. They just they just got ahead of really wanting to get it out, and that was because they announced it far too far ahead. Like, you know, like they they just shouldn't have told everybody they were doing it because at that point, you know, the people who really wanted it were like, oh, well, now we have to wait for this, and now we have to wait for this, and then they're like, okay, now we're doing it, and then they were just like, you know, rush, rush, rush to get it out the gate, and we got what we got. Yeah. Um. And of course, it impacted the developers who were working and everything else, too. And this this is the, the bigger issue I take with a lot of it is this kind of need to get it out financial reasons and whatever without really looking at the broad spectrum of it ends up at the end of the day hurting the people who are working on the game. And it ends up upsetting the players who oftentimes, depending on the the personality of the players, end up going after the people who worked on the game, you know, rather viciously, (laughs) instead of, you know, being like, oh, well, you know, the the department, uh, you know, the the moneymaker portions of this really suck, but the devs are, you know, just trying to make a freaking game. Um, So, I mean, it, it is possible, but if they keep having these issues and if you know that the, the the it is entirely possible that they'll put this out and be like okay we got the game out and that was the point right we got the game out the game is out it is done we're gonna work on something else it was just the deal was we had to put a ga- this game out and no, that's what no, i think puts it in a dangerous spot too right rare and sea of thieves flynn they had motivation to make the game better like it yeah. sold really well and we've got a lot of people that checked it out, but we've we've failed on a number of fronts. And we've got the financial backing and the incentive to want to improve this. If this comes out and flops and doesn't sell well, Ubisoft, I could very well see them looking at it and just saying, we had to get that out. We are not sinking any more money into that damn thing. We're done. It either sells really well or it doesn't. And either way... I'm not convinced that Ubisoft has a long-term future plan for Skull and Bones. Yeah, I feel the same way, especially with our $70 price tag attached to it. Yeah, yeah. It is. We will get as much of our development costs back as we can and see what happens. I hope it's good for everybody that wants a good pirate game, but please wait for reviews. Speaking of Ubisoft this week, Yves Guillemot, Guillemot, uh, yeah, during a, a little bit of a, an interview, was trying to express, Q, some of the challenges with creation, whether that's art or video games or movies or whatever. In this case, he was talking about games. Uh, but he did say that there is a challenge from time to time with a lot of tension. Techniques must be implemented to ensure everybody is fine, finds everyone succeeds in finding their place. To create, you need a little friction because everyone has to succeed in getting their idea across. It's a job that brings a lot of rewards when you succeed, but it's difficult. And I think in a vacuum, we all probably get what he was trying to say, right? That 
when a couple of creative people get together and are talking about a project, they all have their own ideas. The the personalities may clash a little bit as and but those can sometimes result in better ideas and mixes of ideas. I think if you're just in a vacuum, step back, you probably understood what he was trying to say. However, saying that a bit of friction is a good thing coming from the head of a company that has had multiple allegations of employee abusing practices is probably not the impression you want to be leaving with uh, people saying, hey, friction can be a good thing for creative. And and he did try to clarify, to be, to be fair, uh, clarify that whole friction comment. But in a statement to Axios, uh, he said... When I spoke of there sometimes being friction, I was thinking of the creative tension that is common and vital in innovative companies like ours, where people have the freedom to challenge ideas and have heated but healthy debates. To prevent this tension from becoming negative or to address it if it does, that's where strong policies, values, and corresponding procedures are essential. So kind of clarifying exactly what right I had just said, like I, I kind of get what he was trying to say. But then he just like, doesn't that dig his own hole when he's like, yeah, you have to have all these policies and procedures and everything. And then you look back and go, okay, where were yours? <laughs> where where were yeah. yours? Especially when employees uh, coming out of the woodwork going, yeah, nothing's been done. It's just PR buzzwords. That's it. Yeah. So, and I, I think too, there, there's like several things going on here when you look at this. One, it's totally got Bobby Kotick saying game development should not be fun vibes. Right? Oh yeah, I forgot all about that. I have not. I will forever remember that. Um, uh, yeah, and and two, there's uh, there's been over the last several years a lot of discussion around the. Um, the tortured artist trope. Everybody believes that in yeah. order to make good art, you have to be depressed or tragic things have to happen to you or whatever. And it's, it's not true. There are lots of really happy people that get along with everyone around them that are making really good art. So then you, the, the, the point people make is like, you know, cause people go, well, you know, Van Gogh, he was a tortured, depressed artist. And it's like, yeah, but if he had been treated better, and you know just and and had a you know better environment and stuff there probably would have been a crap ton more van gogh art for us to all enjoy right so there there's there's like like that kind of thing as well and i do get the the tension thing like i was an art history major and i actually laughed at one girl who moved from studying marketing because it was it was causing her too much stress to the art department to to be an artist and i just just like ooh, you made a really bad choice yeah that's rough <laughs> like you made a really bad choice could be over here this is not a stress-free environment at all like i get that but they also if you were taking art teach you things like how to offer criticism, how to discuss things like differences and ideas when you're working collabor collaboratively and stuff like that. And while there will be tension, there's things that you do to make it a, you know, a comfortable environment where you can work together and get stuff done without people trying to tear each other's heads off. So like there's a bunch of stuff he's kind of like, he's trying to say there's going to be friction, but just with all of those other things, it doesn't it doesn't make for a good look. 
Yeah, and I'm not necessarily one to believe, Flynn, that you have to have friction. Like, to Q's point, you know, if you and I have creative differences on an idea where we want to take that, two grown adults should be able to discuss that and come to some resolution. And if they can't, bring in a third party to kind of arbitrate the situation a little bit. Like, I get what he was saying. I may not agree with what he was saying, but I get the point he was trying to or believe, believe that he was making. But then to come and clarify it and put all those caveats at the bottom, it really just screams, where were Ubisoft's policies and procedures and practices uh, to negate this type of behavior? Which he still, like, he still doesn't really admit, right? Like, he's still... On that whole, we're making strides to be a better company, and we always hear replies saying, we're here, and we're not seeing a lot of those changes. Yeah, I think, especially with companies like Blizzard and Ubisoft, it is very much a point now that it should be, here are the things we have done. We didn't mention it beforehand. Here they are. Here's ours improved. And go from there, not trying to just PR backstabs and yeah, we got stuff in place, we're doing things, we're doing things. Yeah. It's yeah. a mess. Way to go, uh Yves Gimo. Uh E3 is coming back. We have the official dates for it next year, starting on June 13th, ending on the 16th. Now, in addition to what you probably predicted in a mix of in-person slash digital streamed events. They're also doing a little bit of a separation here uh, of the showroom floor and the dates of access. So the 13th, 14th, and 15th are going to be for industry insiders. So that's going to be your devs, your publishers, your media, your, your stuff like that. Uh, and then kicking off on the 15th and rolling through the 16th is going to be the general public. So there is one day of kind of overlap there. But in the convention center, the Los Angeles Convention Center, they are going to be separate halls. So the public halls will not be shared with the the last day of the business insider thing. So this kind of, when I read the news, I kind of was like, well, Q, that kind of harkens back to the beginnings of E3, right? It was an industry show. The general public could not get into E3. You had to have credentials with a company or with media or something like that to get in. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of a neat hearkening back. But we've talked often about like the relevance of E3 anymore over the last couple of years, particularly through COVID, but even before COVID happened. And I don't know if segregating the show like this is the best move. I haven't quite decided if I like this move or if I don't like it yet. At the moment... I like it. And it's it's because, like you said, E3 was an industry show. Now, when I talk about the relevance of E3, um, it's usually in the the way the show is now, where it's, you know, the information, it's it's all just out there for everybody. Right. Um, and it, it changed enough. So that was basically just a convention, right? Like it was just another convention that that everybody went to rather than being what it was intended to be a, a place for, you know, like indus, industry individual get individuals getting together and showing stuff and everything like that. Now, with the, the convention stuff, and it's the same thing with like packs and stuff like that. Like, I don't really need conventions 
to find out what game developers are doing because at this point when they want to show off something to the public they just drop a stream all of them have a stream like if i want to go to a convention i want to go for convention stuff right <laughs> kind of thing so for me the relevance it like it like and i think it's the hearkening back to the way it was all it, it may also be partially less of a relevance thing for them to separate it than a hey maybe if we divide the general public from the industry people we won't have some of the the problems that we've had before i don't know that that will work because you still have those problems at other events that are industry only right so yeah. I, don't, I don't know that this is the fix but it 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 i think it'll at least for those couple of days make e3 function the way it's it was always intended to function and then you open it up to everybody and let you know everybody else just have a good time and you know it's cool and all but what we yeah, don't it, know is like things like who's going to be there though like we don't because like you pointed out a lot of like I don't when was the last time Nintendo was at an E3 right they just kind of do their Nintendo directs and and call it a day and we've seen bigger companies Sony dab duck out of of different uh events and conventions as well too where so we don't know who's going to be there and then wh who do they present to like would the big keynotes speeches and and presentations as they've been in the past would those be presented to just the insiders would those be presented to the gaming days or would they be presented to both like there's a lot in the air still and the event this year is run by reed pop they've actually helped with like pax and egx and new york comic-con star wars celebration so they're getting some outside help which we knew about and reported earlier this year so I'm hopeful for them, Flynn, but maybe that's just like the caught the like overwhelming optimist in me. Yeah, I, I remember when E3 was for me the show of the year. When I wanted game reveals and everything, it was E3. Games come out of smaller presence, TGS if for the Japanese uh, Asian markets are there. So E3, add Sony, add Microsoft, Nintendo, all of this. It was where I was getting the major reveals for the next two, three years of gaming. But then, as you've said, Sony went off started with State of Play, Nintendo doing their directs, Microsoft doing their own stuff, pulling out of E3 and they just tapered down. So for the main like opening nights, I I would love to see it get back to form to be this big spectacle. Yeah. But I'm not sure. But in terms of the the conventionals, with the segregation, hopefully it'll be more of for trade and media and everything. Get to talk to the actual devs, get the more behind the scenes looks, get the hard facts. And then for the general populace coming in, you get the people, streamers, whatever that end big talking about, right, this is me hands on. This is what I actually experienced to get that old buzz of talking between your friends and oh, have you tried this time? Have you tried that? Oh, this looks really cool. Yeah, you have so to I'm get the show to offer something that can't be found elsewhere. Yeah. Or that Sony can't do by itself or that Microsoft couldn't do by itself or could do by itself, but there's an extra benefit in doing it at E3. Uh, I mean, Xbox has kind of always been there with like, we, we like to be at every show type deal mentality. And, and that works for them. 
but these other companies have just yeah, or give just give it to IGN like everyone else does. <laughs> just here, presented by Ashfall. I hope it's a, a a bit of a return to form. We'll see, though. Again, I I have questions about its relevance, regardless of format, and that, that I think is a little more important than format. But we won't know until yeah. we know who's going to be there. Hey, Overwatch Two. In, in addition to a lot of other Overwatch Two like uh, news about the Battle Pass, which we reported on, and the uh, changes changes to competitive and and unlocking heroes and all that stuff, I did think it was a little interesting. A little, I had a little giggle when I saw that the uh, VP of Overwatch Two is interested in the idea of like doing other brand collaborations. This is nothing new, right? Fortnite does them all the time with different celebrities and, and sports franchises and, and sports organizations and, and all kinds of stuff there. Uh, anime is a, is a big one that the VP uh, of Overwatch is, is interested in, things like Naruto and, and Dragon Ball Super. But I, when I was like, yeah, you know, Fortnite kind of does it and all that stuff, I get that. Other games do that. But I don't, would, would that be weird in Overwatch? It just kind of struck me as a little weird in Overwatch, which is its own anime-ish looking IP in its characters and its lore. Q, we're not talking about Fortnite where the characters, there, there's nothing interconnecting all of this stuff. It's just make a character and go and put on a skin that you like, where brand collab makes sense. I just felt like, would you do that in World of Warcraft? Would you do a brand collab where your orc is running around with a Gucci bag? Like, I, I don't know. If you, <laughs> I don't okay. know if you would. So, so he did the one. They didn't say Gucci bags. Um, no, I'm no, thinking not at all. more. I'm thinking more along the lines of say, um, and and it does like it was just sitting here thinking. It does seem a little weird because Overwatch is its own universe, but um, XIV. There have been crossovers between, you know, the different Square Enix games. There's an entire, right, Alliance raid that's near. True. Right. Um, there's the In other... addition to other things, like limited time events from, you know, uh, Monster Hunter and stuff like that. R yeah, right. Right. There's the, there's the Monster Hunter dungeon. And, or, so there's those things. Um, and then you have, it, like, say... Um, this is a stretch, honestly, but say like the DC universe. So Sandman just came out on Netflix, right? Yeah. And the thing, the thing about say the DC universe or Marvel universe or anything like that is generally all these characters at some point bump into each other across comic books. Now there, there is a deal with Sandman where you can't take Sandman characters and put them in other comic books. Sandman is its own universe, except Sometimes uh, uh, Gaiman would pull bits from the DC universe and alter them a little bit specifically for Sandman. So I think I don't think it's in entirely, you know, like unrealistic for them to have that that kind of stuff. I do think it would be weird if you like, say, skinned uh, Tracer to, you know, like skin one of them to look like somebody else. But if they like had a jacket that is the same jacket that was worn in this anime or something. I think that's kind of fine. So you think that they have, um, to, so you think they have to be a little more other... delicate than somebody like Fortnite does? Oh, yeah, because Fortnite is just like Fortnite is all right. We've got a singer that we want in here. So let's go set up the stage right. and throw them in. But Fortnite, 
Fortnite's universe is very fluid and flexible, and they've always endeavored with Overwatch to make it a story. Now, the story isn't in the game, so I guess... Well, in in Overwatch 2, it's going to be. They're putting a lot more of that in there, yeah. But, you know, that might have made a difference, because you have to go, for Overwatch 1, you have to go outside, read the books, or whatever, you know, and to get the, the full lore, to know stuff about the characters and everything. But I think, I think just, yeah, I think it's just a matter of going, does this fit? You know, is there a way that we can make this fit well and make sense? And then, like I said, with the, with the near things in XIV, right, we ended up with like 2B's outfit and, you know, stuff like that, that may not have appeared in the game otherwise, but now makes sense within the context because we went, oh, well, we, you know, there was this whole multiverse, uh, traveling thing and that's and 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 it works and and you can kind of get away with like hand wavery like that in a video game so if they they do that kind of stuff i'm sure it'll be fine flynn uh, and and old glory says this in chat it was where i was going to take the conversation it's well yeah i mean maybe they do need to or, or in our brains need to be a little more delicate in who they cross over with and what they cross over and bring into the game and things like that to kind of still be its own thing but do you have any confidence in a 2022 blizzard that doesn't just look at it and go how much is naruto gonna give us cool (laughs) do it (laughs) yeah uh overwatch 2's an interesting one as it is because we've had controversy with just that game between the battle pass uh the story mode being delayed everything else and I'm a, they have to figure that the game has to do well first before they want to try and get hype with, well, we're going to chuck skins in the Fortnite or we're going to clap with this, clap with that. And yeah, I couldn't say that. If it's just like cosmetic stuff, so it sort of fits in universe, a bit like uh, what Tekken has done in the past, you'll get costumes from other franchises, uh, Persona games as well, where you got a costumes from the previous games makes sense in the universe but the idea of like overwatch 2 uh collaborating in an anime form uh it seems weird but then again it's like episodes of one piece that have crossed over with dragon ball and it is weird and wacky and it makes sense for two seconds and you just move on a genji metal gear solid gray fox skin hell yeah freycor um now you have sold me i am all about it now i don't care what else they do they haven't said they're going to they just said that you were kind of interested in it which means they're probably already having talks behind the scenes and they just want to prep the audience for it so um and then last in the haha news today I'm sorry, Q. Your Google Stadia is no more. They're pulling the plug effective January 2023, and Google will be issuing refunds for hardware and games to anybody that purchased them. They hope to have those completed around mid to late January as well. You won't have to do anything. It'll be automatic. However, you will not get a refund if you had their subscription. You won't get that monthly fee back. Because uh, you were paying for a service. But the hardware and games that you have bought, you will get a refund for. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to say, yeah, we totally didn't see this coming. Google has a long history of backing off and stopping support for projects midway, early, late. You know, they just walk away from them. And there have been rumors before as recently as July. Only a couple of months ago. We talked about it on this show 
where Stadia said uh, in response to tweets, Stadia is not shutting down. Rest assured, we're always working on bringing more great games to the platform in Stadia Pro. Let us know if you have other questions. And I think the point I made on the show back then was, well, as far as the Twitter account person knows, Stadia isn't <laughs> show- shutting down. And that's exactly what seems to have been the case here. Rumors about the Stadia staff who are going to be reallocated to other projects. So luckily there doesn't seem to be at this time be a bunch of layoffs associated with this. Uh, They seem relatively unaware, which Google has done before. But more importantly, Flynn, devs were left out in the cold and unaware here. Mike Rose uh, tweeting The Verge's story, we have a game coming to Stadia in November. Who wants to guess that Google will refuse to pay us the money they owe us for it? Uh, Very, very, and they are not alone. They are absolutely not alone. There is a company that tweeted out that they just signed Stadia contracts last week. Last week. Which means the team on the ground... That's a sly move, man. The team on the ground couldn't possibly have known... And then we have other things that are being released two days from now that had no clue they weren't going to launch. Or if they launched, which we don't know yet if they will, it's going to be gone in January. What an absolute mess. They may be giving us all the refunds for us that have, any of us that have purchased equipment or games like Q, you'll get a, a little refund for your Cyberpunk, uh, which you were playing on Stadia. But... Are they going to pay these devs or or not? They really need to. Because this this is just a sly move. Like, for me personally, I predicted Stadia would disappear when it first got announced. Because the infrastructure around the world just wasn't ready for it. Oh, are you sure? Because they're saying that it proved a bunch of stuff that they're going <laughs> to take into <laughs> other projects. Like, uh, quick question. What's your internet speed? I don't know off the top of my head. I've I've uh, Xfinity's gig internet. Yeah, my fastest internet in my area is sixty. If we're lucky, mine's at thirty. Uh, I've tried streaming games through Xbox, PlayStation, uh, Finger Stadia trial at some point. None of it works where I am. Yeah. Are they? Google was saying at the time, it's like, yeah, we've tested it on these rubbish internets. It's like, yeah, you got a gigabit in house. I doubt you really tested it properly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that it just went from, uh, what was it last week that he had a brand new UI update as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it just seems like the Stadia team and everything associated with it was, yeah, we're doing stuff. We're trying to improve it. And then Google just going like, Use the power button. Yep. Yeah. Q, you were actually a fan. You you've played some stuff on there. You you uh, it got you through Cyberpunk when everybody else wasn't able to really play Cyberpunk. Are you sad to see this? As I as mean, not surprising as it probably is. Yeah, it, it's it's not surprising at uh, at all. Um, so. <sighs> I don't know. I guess I'm not because it's one of those things I kind of saw coming and not necessarily through a fi- like partially through a failure of Google because it is Google. But um, because like you know, Flynn is saying, the infrastructure and in lo- like I'm lucky where I'm at now, my Internet speed is like 700. So, uh, you know, I'm fine. But there's a lot of places where people just cannot make use of 
of that at all. So it's still not out there. Um, and the other thing I think, honestly, where Google failed is that with GeForce Now, you can attach your Steam library to it and play your Steam library games through streaming, right? So Google's like, well, we have these games that are in our library and that's the games. But GeForce Now is like, well, we have these games, but you can attach uh, Steam to it. You can attach um, EGS to it. Like you can attach all your libraries to it and, and stream your games here. So if you want to play your game on the phone. But I think maybe because I actually decided to go back and, and you know, play Cyberpunk uh, a week or so ago. And I discovered that I, I didn't have this problem before. <clears throat> They tied the escape key to leaving the game. In Cyberpunk, the escape key is tied to exiting menus, and you cannot change that. So every time I hit escape, oh. instead of exiting the menu, I was leaving the game. But I'm playing on Vivaldi. And I stopped and thought about it for a little bit, and I was like, you know what? I think I was playing on Chrome before, because I can't go into and change my settings. But I did, you know, Googling and stuff to try to figure out what was... The deal and the best thing I can figure out is you had absolutely had to play Stadia on Chrome or it just wouldn't work right for you, period. You couldn't do the things you needed to do to make it operate with the games. So a I lot agree. of people don't want to use Chrome for various reasons yeah. and therefore they couldn't play Stadia properly because of that. And I think that probably chat really saying it's too. sad for the devs but can't say it's sad for the rest of the world there's just better options out there too like even if you have the capabilities to to do cloud gaming whether it's through nvidia or through xbox cloud gaming there's just better options uh you don't need a whole new platform <laughs> to to go ahead and do it uh let's I do think this is hurting google more and more the more they keep doing this oh yeah oh yeah but they don't care they don't care yeah They've got the money. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, talk about a few upcoming games that we have some updates on. We've got some new footage from Th uh, Throne and Liberty. That's the MMORPG coming from NCSoft. Uh, this is from their internal beta test. So that would be uh, employees and then some like a family and friends type thing of employees. So they've been doing a lot of testing. Still expected to release it to be in the first half of 2023. Originally was slated to be later this year but got pushed back to 2023 and they were a little they were pretty happy with the results they said the massive play test which involved thousands of employees received tons of positive feedback about throne and liberty's game content and competitiveness we will continue to focus on improving game content taking into account all the internal feedback we received before the game's release next year now it seemed like they didn't have access to everything they specifically said that they were testing out the character creator, the in-game tutorial slash onboarding process, a few world boss fights, and the PvP castle siege. So at least it seems like they did, Flynn, get a couple, like the big boss fight and the siege, which were kind of some of the more noticeable things in their reveal trailers that people were like, I want to see how that works. You know, what am I watching here? Am I watching true gameplay or am I watching modified gameplay for a trailer? I gotta say, it continues to look good. There seems to be an awful lot going on screen, uh, on yeah, on screen at some it. points where I'm just like, I hope I can shut some of this off or I can parse what's going on here a little better. 
But I still, I'm still holding out a little hope for this one. But NCSoft has burnt us so many times in the past, particularly when it comes to payment models, that I'm going to wear my cautious flag on this one for a while. Yeah, purely from uh, watching that particular trailer you got running, it's like the game looked amazing. Combat, I was like, this just looks like a boss standing still with a Musu game running in the background <laughs> around it. Is it just screaming high fantasy dynasty warriors? Because all your majors are just stood still. It's like, right, combat has to be a bit more engaging than this. You can't just have however many hundred of casters stood still and expect that to be appealing gameplay. Is this the game they were looking at Amazon for Western publishing? That's the rumor, yes. That's the rumor that it will be published by Amazon. Nothing confirmed on that front yet, though, chat. And that scares you more? <laughs> maybe maybe that's totally legit, too. Uh, we don't know for sure, but yes, that is that is the rumor. Q, any... I will say, whether it's good or bad, I, Castle Sieges I am interested in because I love dying Total War. That always just feels like an MMORPG thing that like yeah. everybody's like that would be great, and then it never really gets implemented well, like ever. Got to hope. I want a really epic Battle of Helm's Deep that goes well. There you go. <laughs> Q, any interest? Um, I don't know. I think it's just one of those ones where I'll wait till they get closer and you know see, but. I mean, I've pretty. got enough games that I'm. I've got enough games that I'm playing already. <laughs> it looks shiny. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, it does look shiny. It, it does look shiny, but there have been you know plenty of other games that looked shiny and neat right. <laughs> that just kind of like I spent two days. In Remember the life. first time Q, you and I saw the Air Ascent Infinite Realm trailer, and we were like, "Yeah, buddy." Then years yeah. later, they were like, "Yeah, we're not doing that airship stuff." Yeah. In fact, we're so not doing the airship stuff. We're changing our name <laughs> we're changing to something our ridiculous. Name to not having air in it. <laughs> and now, poor Elion. Oh, alas, we knew you very not well. Well. <laughs> uh, what else have we got coming up? Oh, we've got uh, Earth as a second sun. Or wait, I can never. Earth from another sun. Yeah, thank you. Earth from another sun. This one kind of makes me mad. So this looks Play. like, like, hey, let's take all the coolest, best parts of Halo. Let's take all the coolest, best parts of Destiny 2 uh, and co-op play and dungeons and PvE and PvP. And, you know, like, let's take all these fantastic space, first-person shooter features, multiplayer, open world type stuff. Let's put it all together in a beautiful, smooth, slick package. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm with I'm with you. I am with you. Uh, oh, you're using blockchain. How are you using blockchain? Um your site is incredibly sparse on details. The word blockchain is mentioned a few times. It is in part backed by in addition to like, you know, people like us funding them for fundraising and stuff, but it is backed by uh, companies involved in their own blockchains, and they're they're just being very coy about like not giving a lot of information. Is it going to be built on it? Is it just going to have that type of feature in it? Like, but damn, everything else they said looked so cool, Flynn. It looks awesome. Oh, it does. The traders, uh, when I was watching, it's like this is how I built No Man's Sky up in my brain. 
finally mentioned, oh, you'll be able to play with your friends across the galaxy. This trailer just screamed, this is what I wanted No Man's Sky to be for multiplayer. Yeah, you want bigger battles? You want to be able to build stuff? Yeah, like no yeah. problem. Go do it. Go do it. And they actually had video showing all this thing. It wasn't just like somebody wrote on paper and it looked good. Like there's still some rough edges that need to be smoothed out. That's fine. That'll come uh, probably with development. How are you going to do blockchain? Why? Uh, that's the question. Any game at the minute that mentions NFT or blockchain, I'm like, are you just out oh, immediately? Right, cool. Uh, more a case of I'll just have benefit the player rather than this is meant to empower the players rather than the companies. But everything so far just seems to be about the companies. And yeah, you if the game by itself can live up to being good and all the blockchain and NFT stuff is just hidden in the background, I'm down for it. If it's first and foremost, it's probably put me off. <sighs> Q, I know you don't care. It's first person. So we'll still just first person shooter. We'll... No, I mean, the, the NFT portion and stuff I do actually care about. Oh, go and ahead then. It's funny because like you were saying, because I was sitting and watching it, the video a little bit earlier. And I was like, huh, this looks a little like Destiny. It looks a little like um, Warframe. <laughs> I mean, like it looks a little like, but it looks a little, if you look really closely at the characters, it looks a little hinky. Oh, yeah. Like I said, there are definitely uh, some rough there, edges there, that still need. There's some stuff that I'm just like, some some, yeah. some stuff looks, some stuff looks hinky here. But the, the blockchain thing, like right before we came on the show, uh, you gave me that post to write regarding yep. a player unknown's next game, and they are looking at blockchain. And conceptually, I still say that conceptually, blockchain is a neat idea, but it's like most technologies where it's how it's implemented and who is implementing it, that is the problem. So for the most part, what we've gotten for blockchain, right, is nfts and people ripping off other people's art or them tying um you know like important things in game to the nfts um which is some of the stuff that i addressed in that post but if it's stuff like like um green was talking about like came back and said where what he's thinking more along the lines of is less like you buying an nft of a i don't know a gucci bag or something and 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 something to supplement the already massive hordes of money for major companies but some kid named pickle something he said you know just making cool skins and selling them in there and being able to make you know like that kind of it it, it reminds me more uh like that idea reminds me more of like okay we took second life and yeah. uh made the technology a little bit easier yeah for everybody, right? And I have no problem with, I mean, Second Life, Second Life's a bit sketchy. You maybe don't want to go in there without a warning, but I have no problem with Second Life or what, Entropia, I think was the other one? Yeah. The, the yeah, one where you sweat Calypso, Planet Calypso or Project yeah, Calypso, uh, some Planet Calypso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like Which those Which is part things, of Entropia, you're right. Those things I have like very few issues with, um, but it's the this other stuff that's like, well, now, you know, now we're ripping off, you know, like the, the people selling monkey skins or whatever and shit or just tying it like the like the cynicism and, and the, the greed behind it instead of just letting people, you know, be able to make cool stuff and do stuff with it. It's all it's, you know, reverting 
moving that money back into major corporations that may not even have anything to do with the game. Yeah. That's where, or even worse, honestly, because whatever, somebody has a Gucci bagging game. Um, even worse, tying NFTs to stuff that actually makes it harder for people to play the game. Yeah. Lots of people in chat saying as soon as they hear blockchain or NFT, they're done. Red 3 Tango saying once I hear anything crypto and games, my wallet slams shut tighter than Fort Knox. Uh, so, yeah, I will say this. They do have a demo on Steam. They're going to be uh, amping that demo up a little bit for Steam Next Fest, um, which we've got a couple different articles on people doing things for those events over at MMOBomb.com. Obviously, stop on over. That's what pays the bills while you're here on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify. Give us a little subscribe or like action. We appreciate it. Uh, so you can go play a demo. And I got to say, you beat the first level. The music was freaking epic. I was like, yes. <laughs> this, I'm so like, oh, why did this have to be blockchain in some way? And why yeah, I can't I demo downloaded? Do you have it downloaded? Yeah, it, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> worth checking out. But it's also one of those. It's like I wish you would be a little more upfront with what your intended use of blockchain technology is here too, because you run into exactly what you were talking about with player unknown Q, where it's like, okay, I hear you saying blockchain. I'm going to assume that's NFT related, but you're not exactly giving me that detail to to be sure. Uh, yeah. Uh. Let's go play a game. Oh, by the way, the Just Cause devs are looking for a senior programmer. Looks like they're going to be doing an open-world multiplayer game. I don't know if it'll be in the Just Cause universe, but just thought everybody would like to know. If it is, it's going to be a crazy sandbox. You all for it? Uh, if it's uh, Just Cause style, yeah, because that game is just crazy. <laughs> just a physics engine attached to that game. If you imagine that with like GTA Online mismatched, then yeah, it'll be a fun time. <laughs> uh, let's go play a game. Here we go. All right, so here's the deal. We have played uh, on this show before real and fake headlines, where I've given you a headline and if, in gaming, and you tell me whether it's real or fake. And Q did very, very well. Very, very well in that game. Flynn, as a new guest, this will be your first shot. But these things are a little different this time. I don't have headlines for you. I have seven games, seven MMORPGs, and for each seven, I have selected one real Steam review and one fake Steam review. To get the point, you have to tell me which is the real one and which is the fake one for each game. Now, I don't want you getting tied up in like lots of convoluted timeline thinking and stuff. These are, <laughs> these are not necessarily recent reviews. They could be referencing a problem in a game that hasn't been a problem for years. It, there was no criteria on, I'm going to get a review from the last year. No, I just grabbed reviews that I liked and thought were amusing. Here we go. Everybody understand the rules? Yep. Yeah. Q, Q, Flynn, let's play real or fake Steam reviews. The first game and chat, feel free to play along on YouTube and on MMO Bomb. Let us know how you do in the comments. The first game is Neverwinter. One review from Steam on the not recommended side says, it's a shop with some RPG elements. <laughs> the other Steam review, also not recommended, says, they took out the best part of the game, the foundry. Now I have to actually engage in content to level up SMH. One of those is a legit Steam review for Neverwinter. 
The other one is not. Q, you are the senior member of staff here. Would you like to guess first, or would you like to have Flynn guess first? And then we'll alternate from here. I'll let Flynn guess first. Flynn, take your guess. It's a shop with some Ooh. RPG elements, or they took out the best part of the game, the foundry. Now I have to actually engage in content to level up SMH. Which one is the real Steam review? Ooh. I'm going to go with the former. Going to go with it's a shop with some RPG elements. Yeah. All right. Q, your guess. Which one is the real Steam review? So I'm going with this because it just it, it just really hits me in the feels for a lot of stuff. I'm going with the second one. The second one. I'm <laughs> taking out the foundry. Chat is very much with you on the foundry. I just keep seeing foundry, foundry, foundry. Uh, the first point goes to Flynn. The real review was It's a Shop with Some RPG Elements. Uh, the Foundry fake review was written, uh, as all of my fake stuff is, by Jason Winter, who helped me out again on these, so thanks so much. By the way, Jason Winter will be doing the Overwatch 2 uh, first look, so you have a little bit of a freelance Jason Winter project coming up. All right, Q, you get to go first, and it's on a, a near and one that used to be near and dear to our hearts, Rift. Okay. One Steam review in the not recommended column says, basically, it's a free version of World of Warcraft that none of your friends want to play with you because you're poor and they're not. <laughs> Another Steam review, this time on the recommended side of things, says, I got 99 skills, but a stun ain't one. <laughs> I'm going to go with the first one. <laughs> going with the first one. Basically a free version of World of Warcraft that none of your friends want to play with you because you're poor and they're not. Flynn, what's your guess? Uh, I've ever gone for the second one because the first one sounds very Jason Winter sarcastic. <laughs> <approach>. <laughs> playing smart. Playing smart. <laughs> All right. Not playing well, though. It is the first one that is the real review. Jason Winters was 99 skills, but a stun ain't one. See, that, yeah, that's, that's, having spent a lot of, that's having spent a lot of time in Rift. <laughs> All right, Flynn, you've got to go first now. This one is for EVE Online. Okay. Right. One Steam review in the not recommended category says, Everyone says EVE is spreadsheets in space. They're wrong. Spreadsheets are more fun. The other Steam review in the recommended column says, When a player quits EVE and goes to World of Warcraft, the average IQ in both games increases. <laughs> uh, wow. I'm sort of aware of EVE. Uh, I think I have to go for the first one. Going for the first one. The second one made me laugh. Going for the first one. Spreadsheets are more fun. Q, what do you think? Which one's real? Spreadsheets being more fun or IQs going up in both WoW and EVE when an EVE player goes to WoW? This is a hard decision. It is. <laughs> like a really hard decision. Um, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the first one too because ah. yeah. <laughs> All right, both of you going with Eve says, uh, or everyone says Eve in sp is spreadsheets in space. They're wrong. Spreadsheets are more fun. So you're both going for the same one, right? I'm not saying I agree with that. but that's, Right, true, true. Yeah, we're not saying we agree with any of these. Uh, 
Uh, that is the Jason Winter fake. The real one is wow. that when a player quits Eve and goes to WoW, the average IQ in both games increases. And it was, in fact, a recommended <laughs> recommended review. So we're still tied one to one. Nobody gets the point there. Um, who's up next? That was one, two, three, four. So Q, Bless Unleashed. Oh, God, where's Troy? All right. The uh, Steam review in the recommended category reads, It's better than Bless Online. I know that's not saying much, but you have to clear at least the lowest of bars, right? The other Steam review in the not recommended category says, Are you looking for a fun and magnificent MMORPG experience? You are at the wrong place. <laughs> I I feel like that second one was written by Troy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which one's real, Q? I'm going to go with the first one. The first one, it's better than Bless Online. I know that's not saying much, but you have to clear at least the lowest of bars, right? All right, Flynn. What do you think? That one or the not recommended well, review? I think I'm going to have to leave this one down to chance because both of them just made me laugh. <laughs> Which one do you want? He, he's he's flipping for it. Oh, he's going to flip for it. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Number two. So you're going to go with not recommended. Are you looking for a fun and magnificent MMORPG yeah. experience? You are at the wrong place. Uh, Flynn, you get the point. The second one is the real one. The Bless Online... Low bar is the Jason Winter special. So Lucky Fl coin. Flynn <laughs> takes the lead on a coin toss. <laughs> All right, Flynn, you get to go first for New World. Here we go. New World. One not recommended Steam review says, Game is great. Allows you to meditate, do the dishes, exercise, walk the dog, cook, wash the car, read a book, learn to play piano, etc. while waiting in queue. If only a company that owns the biggest server farms in the world developed this game, maybe then... Oh, wait. <laughs> the other Steam review, also in the not recommended category, says, I took a walk in the woods, and it was really pretty. Then I thought, hey, why don't I take a walk in real woods instead of playing this? So I did. <laughs> Flynn, you are up first. Which one is the real Steam review for New World? I remember staring at uh, streamers with the cues, so I'm going to have to go for the first one. Q, you going with him, or are you going to cross the street and take a walk in the woods? No, I, I'm going to go for that, but for, for the reason that, that that was such a long amount of words to say the game sucked <laughs> and doesn't feel very Jason-y when he could just be like this shit sucks. You both <laughs> you both get the point here. You both get the point here. So Q, you still have, uh, Flynn, you still have a one point lead, two questions left. Q, you get to go first. This is okay. Lord of the Rings Online. One Steam review in the recommended category says Middle Earth is a fantastic place to set an MMORPG. And Lotro checks all the boxes for devoted fans of the books and the movies. Also, Galadriel's boobs are huge. <laughs> Another Steam review in the not recommended category says, Bilbo Baggins, I thought up an ending for my book. 
Patch client DLL check dat files failed, unable to decrypt and deserialize the data downloaded from the server. <laughs> one is real, one is not. Lotro, cue your guess. I mean, this is also hard because we know Jason's love of Lotro. We do. We do. <laughs> one of these is um, a real review, one is not. But he's also such a curmudgeon. I'm going to go with two. You think the the second one where they give the error message is the the true one? Yeah. All right, Flynn, your guess. Is it going to be Gladriel's boobs or the error message? Oh, it's an odd one. I think I got to go for the error message as well. Both of you taking Even the same no, one. I think Gladriel's boobs is very much something that come up in Steam reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like the error message. And I think Jason might have just done that for the sake of, yeah, let's just go. In this case, you are both right. The error message quoting is the real Steam review. However, when I read through these and I said, Jason, these are all perfect. Thank you. He did say, by the way, Gladrail's boobs are actually huge and sent a screenshot. Uh, so <laughs> verified he was using facts in his, <laughs> in, in his reviews. Last one. Flynn, you still have, what, the one-point lead, and you got to go first on this one, for DC Universe Online. One not-recommended Steam review says, the only joker in this game is you, if you're still playing it. <laughs> the other not-recommended review says, this game is free, and I still feel cheated. <laughs> I have sunk some hours into this. Not a massive amount, but a few. Gonna have to go with the second one. The second one. The game is free, and I still feel cheated. You're pegging that as the real Steam review. Yeah. Q comes down to this. What do you got? The only joker in this game is you if you're still playing it? Or the this game is free, and I still feel cheated? Which is the real Steam review? I, I really want to attribute the joker one to Jason. <laughs> So I'm going to go with two as well. You both get it right. The Joker one is Jason. That means congratulations, Flynn. You win by one point. A close game. You win by one point as the result of a coin, coin toss. <laughs> as the result of a coin toss. Fantastic. I have a story to leave with. <laughs> chat, chat scores uh, being put into uh, chat. That's awesome. Thank you. Keep those coming. And on YouTube and on MMO Bomb, give us your scores as well. Let's slide over and do the weekly bombs. Thank you again to Jason Winter for helping me with some of those uh, fake headlines. I'm going to give an A-bomb today to Elder Scrolls Online. I gave him a dub-bomb uh, last week or the week before, and I have been enjoying it. And I'm closing in on my gear cap on my PC character. So we're getting there. We're catching up to the console player uh, or our console character. But uh, over the last year or so, more and more of that game has just been pushed to the cash shop. Like There just feels like rewards in-game are pretty bad and awards for achievements they're just like okay whatever like all this cool stuff coming is always in the damn cash shop always in the cash shop there more and more it just keeps going like there's an in-game mail system they don't do it if there's some like all players get this item you have to go claim it in the cash shop like it's just feeling more and more icky 
uh, on top of the whole craft bag situation, which you know I don't personally like anyway. So I'm going to give them an A-bomb. It just feels kind of yucky where the game's going on that front. I still enjoy it, but yeah. Go ahead, Q. Uh, so two to bombs, one to Jason for all, all of that, that we just went through. <laughs> yeah, seconded on that. <laughs> um, and the other one for, um, I'm going to give again to, uh, Genshin Impact because they just dropped their content yesterday and we were talking about it in my FC chat and the fact that these people, and I don't know how they're doing it when so many other companies have failed, just roll that stuff out continuously and it's consistently good. Yeah. Like it, there's there's constantly stuff for us to do. I was looking at my quest log last night, and it was like, like this much stuff that I have not completed, <laughs> right? That I need to go back. There's there's just never nothing for me to do in there. Nice, Flynn. First show, first weekly bomb. What do you got? Ah, uh, for me, it's the bomb to brewmaster be a brewing simulator. I every now and then like to make my own mead. Okay, honey wine. Skyrim inspired me, and just for the fact that I can practice brewing beer in game, then while I'm bored enough, take it from the game with the recipe. It's like, oh, this apparently worked well in game. Try and make it in real life and see how it goes. Have we had uh, stunning successes and catastrophic failures? Not just yet. <laughs> Chat giving us some Terra Nova 667 saying to bomb to Flynn and his first always online cast. Welcome to the Madhouse. And an A bomb to Google scrapping Stadia and not even telling devs who had to find out from tweets and articles that their games will no longer be required to release. Yeah, that's that's an absolute mess. Tori the yeah, Chicken. Should be an A bomb as well <laughs> to the Stadia controller being useless. Uh, true. The Tor uh, Tori the Chicken says to bomb to Jason. Those reviews made me laugh. Takao says, tentative dub-bomb to Yoshi P and Sakaguchi having a chat during the upcoming 14-hour stream. Please actually say something unlike that first, no first nothing-ass convo. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like that first one. Old Glory, A-bomb to Skull and Bones and Ubisoft next delayed. Um, uh, will it be delayed on March 2023? Uh, uh, maybe. And Stojan saying, dub-bomb to Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Uh, V-Rain's World? Uh, I don't know. V rains. I don't know. Uh, from viewers on YouTube, uh, Trenchod says, and from the site, dub bomb to Dom and his stance toward Windows 11. <laughs> Cal's not going to like that. Uh, <laughs> A bomb to Windows 11, not expanding upon some of the best features of Windows 10. Go ahead, Q. Uh, non 735, A bomb to Tim Tim as they announced they have no plans for new Tims or islands. I'll probably get the game anyway because I really want to try a new Tamer game, but they shouldn't have the MMO tag if they have no plan for new content. That's kind of fair. Yeah. <laughs> I had hopes for damn damn. Go ahead, Flynn. And Corey V, too bad EA can't save 2042 to pounce on Call of Duty having issues. Call of Modern Warfare 2 is also having a big ACA issue right now in day one of the beta. Yeah, they've sent out all kinds of, you know, hey, we're going to fix this, we're going to fix this, and it would be the, the opportunity for Battlefield, but they're just not in a good spot themselves. Ninja Panda's in chat saying to bomb to Gundam Evolution for being able to keep me hooked and making late, making me late for today's show and for fixing any problems really quickly, even though I had to leave a correction in the review for uh, Ranked, which is 20, not 25. 
Uh, question of the week last week. What did you think of the Ashfall reveal? What was your, or if you didn't care about that one totally, just what was your general favorite thing from Tokyo Game Show? Trenshaw chiming in again saying, question of the week. I don't know about you guys, but I like that near hit indicator, that screen bullet holes, winky face. If for some reason I'm overcome with the urge to play a tactical shooter, I would just reinstall this, uh, Division 2. And, and I couldn't agree more. I couldn't. It would be impossible for me to agree more. Go ahead, Q. I misfit. Hopefully Pioneer will be good. I could really go for a well-built post-apocalyptic MMO. I totally forgot about Pioneer to the point that when I read Misfit's comment, I had to look it up. <laughs> That's how like hard I forgot about Pioneer. <laughs> Go ahead, Flynn. And uh, Casprimio, they may have a background that reminds me of Fallout, but the combat seems more like Years of War or even a division spite showing only two weapons and a single skill. Yeah. Yeah. Question of the week this week uh what do you why do you <laughs> this may sound like a little <laughs> jason wintery I, I swear he didn't write this question why do you <laughs> why do you play or seek out mmorpgs like what are you looking for or hoping for in the next one i'm just as guilty of it too so we'll bring our answers to next week's show too but why do you play and seek out mmorpgs to play these days what brings you to them what are you hoping to see what, what do you want that next thing to be? Let us know in the comments below. While you're there, don't forget to give us your weekly bomb, dub bomb for something good or a bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. Until next week, Flynn, it's been wonderful. Great job. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Where can everybody follow Thank you? you? Me. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash Flynn underscore Lawlight. And uh, you'll find me doing my own podcast every now and then at uh twitter.com slash within crisis the next show is going to involve some drinking and storytelling of how that name came to exist sounds good check it out follow him on twitter q hang it out on twitter at quitlin i'm mike Byrne. you can follow me right there at magic man one but more importantly follow at mmo bomb so you'll get a tweet every time we go live with the podcast stream put up new articles giveaways first look videos and so much more until next time gang stay safe and we'll see you on the servers.